Welcome to the Contractor Commute, a podcast by Congenius designed to fit right into your daily drive. Whether you're a small business owner, an employee, or off contracting on your own, we've got advice, stories, and leadership tips to help you out along the way. Welcome to this episode of the Contractor Commute. My name is Drew here with Ben Walsh, and we are going to talk today about how to build a reliable team of subcontractors. Yes, we are. So uh, building a team of subcontractors is essential to getting uh, the job done, especially if you're a GC um, or you've you know working your way up towards that as well. So uh, talk to me about just the importance in your mind, Ben, of having that that team. Yeah, and no downplay to the guy that is the subcontractor. Give us your feedback on what it's like being the sub. Is this the stuff you're looking for from your GC? So yeah, why do we need it? Is that what you asked? <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Well, I've been on both sides of this. I've employed subcontractors. I've been the subcontractor. And uh, in order to actually affect, a, you know, have an efficient project, get stuff done. And, and really down the road, you need to have guys that serve you well. And if these aren't, uh, if you don't treat guys right, and if you're not in a spot where you're attracting the guys you want on a team, I think you have a problem, right? If you're, if yeah. you're a GC and um, being at the top of their list, as opposed to near the bottom, when you call and they're like, well, I don't really want to work for this guy. You're going to have a hard time really getting jobs done. Right. And keeping your clients happy. Yeah. yeah. I think when you, uh, and to be clear, everyone does have a list, right? Uh, people <laughs> yes. I'd rather work for, you yes. know? Um, and if certain people are going to have a, Unofficial VIP status in my phone when they call, I'm going to prioritize their work over other people's work. Yeah, um, that's just what it is. I'm going to tell you that, but that's that we all have that. Yes. Um, so knowing that you know your subs are going to have you, you want to be on that list, especially your good subs, high end on their list of uh, how they're treated, uh, how you communicate, how you pay, when you pay, yeah. uh, the type of work that it is. Um, those are the types of things that probably help you get up on that list. And so, um, but as, as you're building it out, you want the best subs prioritizing your work. Um, and that it's going to help you obviously get work done faster, be more profitable, help you keep your commitments to your customers as well. And also, you know, lock in a level of quality of work too. You know what you're going to get from certain guys. Um, and you want those guys, you know, treating your work like it's theirs, you know? So true. Yeah. And there's many times where there's a misalignment in your subcontractor and we can talk about some of the things that really make an you know when do you call it good with a con- subcontractor and say i'm not going to work with that guy or when do you help them level up when do you need to set expectations so they can do better i yeah. think that's a big aspect of it as well um i've had situations where a sub didn't perform to my expectations but after communicating saying Hey, uh, this is a job where this is the quality standard, preferably up front. So you're not in a situation mm-hmm. later yeah. where the customer's unhappy because your subcontractor messed something up or didn't uh, really have the quality of work that they expected. Yeah. So really having all of that stuff defined for your subcontractors is super important. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think and just communicating, right? I mean, we talked about this in previous episodes, but a lot of times when you, uh, if someone doesn't meet your expectation or, you know, they're, they're not responding well in the back of your mind. You're thinking, I got to find a new guy for this. Like mm-hmm. I, I can't keep coming so, back to the same sub because it's just, they're not meeting my expectations. They're either they're slow, they're late communication, whatever, they're messy, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. A lot of times what happens if you're the sub, you got fired and no one ever told you. Yeah. All of a sudden your phone just stopped ringing. And it's because, you know, there wasn't communication. You're already starting to look for, mm-hmm. look for somebody else. You know? It's painful, right? I mean, I don't want to be the person that points out somebody else's flaws. I, it's painful. You know, yeah. I, I, Sometimes we don't like to hear it ourselves. So I think we have that framework when we approach other people and say, well, 
you know, that I don't want the reaction either. It might be the mm-hmm. other worry of just yeah. say this guy blows up at me if I if I point something out. But I think in order to have great subs, you really have to have practice candor and really have great communication with these guys and not be afraid to just address yeah. hard things. Yeah. Just had a conversation with somebody the other day and just uh, it was with one of our vendors and just communicated this was something that I didn't like in a nice way. It didn't need to be nasty, but just you know, I would like to yeah, this thing to change. Just want to give you guys some feedback on that. Yeah. And they were very respectful, very responsive to that and said, yeah, thanks for pointing it out. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what you'll find with a lot of subcontractors. Yeah. It's not the the blow up reaction, mm-hmm. particularly when we phrase it in the win for that. But I think that's really crucial. Yep. As we think about whatever we need, yeah. how can that be a win for our subcontractor? Yeah. Because even when you're giving that feedback, like, hey, like I'm considering going a different, a different guy going forward because of, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever the issue is. Even if they do blow up, that kind of tells you, all right, well, that confirms my uh, yeah. my deal of I got to find a new guy. Uh, I got to find a new person to do this for me. Yeah. Um, but if they don't, I think what you'll often find is you'll actually find uh, an appreciation for the candor, for the, hey, thanks for shooting me straight. Thanks for not BSing me. Um, and you can actually build in that loyalty where it's like, hey, you know what? Uh, Got feedback, you know, found a way to get better and keep earning this guy's respect and trust. Yeah. And I'd caution the threat, too, of like, hey, if this doesn't change, I need to find somebody else as opposed to how do we make that feel like a win for that that guy as well? Like, what's the impact to him down the road Mm -hmm. if he implements the suggestion in his business? Yeah. Is he going to have better quality work, better margins, better customer satisfaction, which just helps him level up? Yeah. So how can we be a part of that experience for this guy that? that may be just completely blind to it. And just by pointing it out, isn't it? Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, particularly when it's not all about us. Yeah. So making yeah. things a win for the other guy is so crucial. I mean, yeah. I've had moments where obviously the problem I was trying to address affected me. Yeah. That's why I was talking about it. So if I framed it from my perspective, it's harder to relate to, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that's just life. Yeah. We frame the conversation from our perspective. Sometimes we don't even get it. And if we try to think from their perspective and say, hey, when you left the job a mess the other day, uh, I didn't appreciate that. And the client uh, was mad at me. Suddenly, they're on the defensive. Right. So they're saying, trying to explain the reason why it ended up happening that way. or They got a new guy or whatever, as opposed to being like, you know what? I love when the job side's clean and the customers just have just expressed how much they appreciate that. Hey, yesterday, you guys might have had an off day, but... There are yeah. these things that maybe you guys want to address. Just want to let you know that because, you know, this I know we're all pulling for making people happy. Yeah. And so suddenly they see the benefit of that saying, hey, I made my I made my GC happy, made my their client happy, which made them a hero. Mm-hmm. Just by pointing that out, it's a positive thing for them. I think they feel like they're winning. Yeah. It is a positive. And you think through like if you're a GC, maybe you've got uh, multiple people who work on jobs for you. If you're, you know, doing a lot of business at the same time. Mm-hmm. If I'm the sub, I, I have my way of doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got a single way of how I do a job, maybe how I communicate, yep. how I price, how I do these things. I might not know that that's less than optimal way of doing it. And the other guys in town are actually either communicating better or pricing more transparently or keeping job sites cleaner or whatever. And so sometimes that that feedback actually helps me understand, oh, there's there is a better way and there is a higher standard mm-hmm. um and i can do that you know so and i think you know if you position as a win you're actually helping them level up you know and i think yeah. you, people respect that because the alternative is you just cold children right yeah and that's what happens all the time right where i where i just stop answering your calls you know i just stop i just don't return your text message anymore i just and you slowly just get cut off you're like wait a minute now i'm just not getting work from that guy anymore uh what happens you know and there's no actual communication because you just move on you know and that's not really a win you know no for really anybody no. And you're 
burning bridges unnecessarily in some respect as well, where you're either by coming to somebody forcefully and saying, listen, you son of a gun, you met, left the job a disaster. You know, who, what kind of a jackass does that? I mean, you mm -hmm. just clean, you know, it, that kind of somebody's just, I don't have to deal with that. There's plenty of work. Yep. Hung, hang up on you and never hear from the guy again. You burned a bridge. Yeah. And so but they, you didn't have to. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't a coaching situation. It was calling them out on something. Yeah. Now, there are moments when there if there's a character issue, somebody's uh, disrespectful to a client, uh, it, you know, depending on the severity of that, you might just need to call it good with somebody. Yeah. If it's severe enough of just saying, I can't have you on my job site. Yeah. So there you can't be afraid of those moments either. Right. Uh, if, if there's a deep character flaw, you probably need to call it good with somebody. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, you, you can maintain a great reputation in town and in the community and in the community of contractors and builders uh, without being a jerk yes. and while still maintaining a high standard, yes. you know, because your reputation matters. Mm -hmm. It just does in the community, like yeah. successful people have a good reputation um, and that doesn't mean they're pushovers, but it means that they're known for character qualities, those sorts of things that are um, that are important. And I think, you know, maintaining that is important and you don't want, you don't want a bunch of burn bridges around town. Um, because you don't know who you're talking to. Right. You never know what kind of connections will help you out later. Yeah. So, so when we're vetting a subcontractor, this guy's got the character. He's got the, you know, he really wants to please. You know this. I mean, you 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 understand this guy's got the core of what you need in the subcontractor. Maybe he doesn't have the quality of work. Maybe he doesn't understand how to price things appropriately. Maybe there's a few things off that just aren't quite right. But you know, you, you this guy is, you can coach him to the next level yeah. or you can work with him. It's That's the kind of guy you want to keep happy. Yeah. So, I mean, stuff that you can't, yeah. They have the stuff you can't teach. Yeah, you know, right. Like they want right. to do well. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, th that when you got a guy like that, you're not dickering about the price. Yep. You know, you want to be able to say that's a fair price. I want to take care. I've had a couple of subcontractors where one guy in particular was underpriced all the time, and I felt bad for him. He'd always come in and just be, "Well, bud, that's about two hundred bucks for that," and he spent half a day out there. And I'm thinking, how does he, how does he drive his truck out there, bring his tools and material? He charged me two hundred dollars for this little repair. I mean, there's just no way you can be making money on that. Yeah. And to just help him even in that scenario, it's in my short-term advantage to say, great, 200 bucks, here you are. Yeah. But in my long-term advantage, I'm actually doing myself a disservice because he did a fantastic job. He's reliable. He's responsive. I need to make sure he can succeed as a business. Right. Because I want him around long-term. So I'm saying, no, that job, you know, that job is actually worth more than that. Yeah. You know, that should be 350. Right. So here you are. Here's yeah. 350. So- and talking about the loyalty that, that builds you. I mean, yeah. You just became on that subcontract. You yeah. just got on his VIP list. When Ben's asking me for work, yeah. you know, I you know, I prioritize. I've had moments when I wasn't on, on the hero list. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, and it, it comes down a lot of times in those scenarios where there was a misalignment from the beginning of the job where I didn't set it up right. Didn't cl communicate clearly what I wanted out of that subcontract. It was just, well, let's see what happens here. I wasn't involved enough in the process. Uh, on the early end or, you know, delegated it. And I think, you know, as soon as there's that lack of specificity, what does, what does Ben actually want? Then when they don't know, they're just going to do it to whatever standards they thought they should. Yeah. yeah. And suddenly if I'm calling him out on it and saying, Hey, listen, you should have done better with this, or I expect this differently. How are they supposed to know that? Right. So it's not on them. It's on me. You gotta be clear. Yeah. Um, one well, thing we've talked about too is, um, well, it goes back to knowing their capabilities as well. Mm. You know, are you signing him up for the, yes. You know, are, are you, is it a job they can, they're set up to do well on just from the capability set? Yeah. You know, yeah. Have you run into times where you had a, a customer or a job where you knew somebody just didn't have the capability to do it right or do it to the standard the customer expected? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 
It happens quite frequently. And I think that's sometimes where you need to vet your subcontractor ahead of time and maybe put them on a job where you don't have as much of a expectation or demand for quality. Mm -hmm. I just, I've had moments where even the painting field, you know, everyone seemed to be capable of painting by their own standards. But if I needed something done really high end, you want to be able to let somebody know, here's the kind of jobs I'd like to be able to do. And I'm going to try you out on this one. Yeah, maybe it doesn't look like this house needs to have a high quality paint job, but this is what I'd really like to see here because yeah. the next one is going to be that. So, and even letting them know that. Mm-hmm. So this is a yeah. test Yeah. and I want to know what you're capable of. No, no offense. I mean, you know, if they're not able to do it, just like, this is the kind of job mm-hmm. that I'd like to be able to see you do. And, you know, and sometimes it doesn't work. I've had yeah. a couple of moments where somebody comes through a job and they're just uh, like, you never want to see them again. Yeah. Uh, afterwards, yeah. but I want to be careful. I don't burn a bridge there either. Right. But it's like, okay. And, and what can I point out and constructive feedback to them as well? And maybe it's not a good fit for me at all, but still I can be helpful to them on the way out. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, here's what I did appreciate. Here's what I didn't. And, yeah. uh, in no sense, you know, running somebody down on the way, you know, while they're down. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> running so, them over while they're down. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Never it's tempting. It's tempting to do. Yeah. 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 We talked, talked about, about, I've heard you talk about loyalty over price before. Um, what does that, what does that mean to you? Loyalty over price? Well, somebody needs to know that you care about them as a subcontractor, I think. And it goes a long way towards making sure that they don't feel the pressure of getting pricing right up front for you or, or feeling like you're going to be that demanding person on the tail end that says, listen, you bet it wrong. You're going to eat it. And if somebody is saying, Hey, I think this is what this should cost. My job is to actually make sure that I understand his industry well enough to say, that's a pretty fair price. I need to add a little bit of margin in there because he might not have priced that for a mistake. He might not have figured in something else. So I need to actually do some some due diligence on my side, understand his trade well enough to actually cover for him. Because if I don't have the margin to to sort of help him out, uh, I'm in a position where now the price really matters to the point of hurting a relationship. Yeah. And I've had people come back to me and say, you know, I said that, but here's where I'm at with it. And they need to feel that ability to say they did their best, they worked hard, but that relationship matters more than $100 or $1,000 at the end of the day. I really want to take care of this guy. And if he feels that for me and he sees that where even maybe I'm making the sacrifice saying, wow, I mean, that's more than I budgeted for this, but I want to take care of you. Um, That can hurt you as a business if you're not set up to do that. So loyalty over prices, we're saying on the relationship, when all the other boxes are checked, this is the guy I want to work with. He is the character and the skill I want to work with. I'm going to really make sure to take care of that. Because he's, you know, if even if it costs you a little money here and there, Mm -hmm. uh, he's saving you a lot of time and consistency and knowing, hey, the job's done right. Yeah, do we really quantify the cost of finding a subcontractor in this all as well? I mean, sometimes we just look at cost per square foot. Yeah. Well, the other 50, the 50 cents you saved and cost per square foot, how much does that actually cost you maintaining that relationship over the long term yeah. and making sure that yeah. that guy was treated well? I mean, you got to find somebody else and yeah. I mean, the cost to you over a, a project and 10 projects, mm-hmm. I mean, could be, can add up. Yeah. You kind of got, you know, I always think like you have three bank accounts, you have your money. Sure. Yeah, you also right. have your time and your energy, yeah. you know, and some okay. guy might be saving you a few bucks on on your money, but he's costing you a lot more time and a lot more energy. Maybe that energy is expressed through worry or having to drive to a site to double or triple check something or, you know, follow up three or four times instead of just once. That's costing you time. It's costing you energy. And maybe it's saving you a little bit of money, but 
is it worth it? Yeah. For some people, it's worth paying a premium to say, hey, I'm not going to have to follow up with this guy and I'm not going to have to double check the work because I know what I'm going to get yeah. and it's worth the premium to me. Yep. And call it out when you have that scenario where a guy did well, phrase the things you want replicated. Yeah. Saying, this is the thing I like. For me, in a remodel context, did a ton of remodeling. When something was clean, or, you know, a, a subcontractor kept a site clean to whatever extent they did. That was huge for me because that's what the customers would see at the end of the day. They would walk through a site and if it was a disaster, yeah, it's a big frustration. Yeah. So getting my entire team working towards that goal, mm-hmm. calling it out, super important. It's memorable. Yeah. Nobody will ever say anything to you say thanks for the compliment, but it, it's, it's impactful. It does. Yeah. You'll get what you celebrate. Yeah. You so know? true. Um, and if you celebrate it, you'll get more of it. Yeah. Um, everyone, you know, everyone wants, wants to get an attaboy, you know, whether it's from your, you know, whether your boss, you know, your contractor, your GC, your customer, mm-hmm. like a good job goes much further than people, than people realize. Yeah. Talk about paying on time. And I think uh, if you have the GC or the <laughs> yeah. sub, yeah. you know, what's the expectation? What are some good basic business practices, um, on just how, how you talk about price, how you pay in that, that transaction? Yeah. And the, Obviously, this is a little bit outside the scope of the conversation of just building a reliable team of contractors today. But if you're not in a position as a business to pay on time, uh, it puts you in a, a spot of bother trying to maintain a healthy team of subcontractors. And you'll burn bridges, burn relationships by not having that in place. Uh, I've had, unfortunately, situations where that's happened in my business where uh, there's a there's a trickle-down effect. Somebody's holding a payment for me. I'm holding a payment to my subcontractor or a vendor because, you know, sixty, seventy thousand dollars that I'm waiting on, uh, they're not paying yet. Yeah. And uh, so setting projects up appropriately, staying on top of my billing as a general contractor is essential to making sure that I'm paying on time. And uh, when it works well, I've had moments, you know, many times where it's just somebody sends an invoice that cut check gets cut. A lot of times I'm even cutting a check to an inconvenience to try to take care of somebody. He's asking for a payment same day. You know, I'm done with that. Can I get a check? Uh, it's a little bit of a flag saying, huh, that guy's not making money or that money's going somewhere. Or he's in a spot of bother. How can I help help coach him to make yeah. sure his margins are right? What's he spending his money on for his business too? Um, not to get too overly in the weeds of managing their side of it, but nonetheless, it is a red flag right. when somebody's so hungry. Um, I remember having one painter where uh, every single day it was, can I get another check? Can I, can I get a deposit on tomorrow? And you know, was, what's going on here? It's not, that's not good. And I just yeah. let them know, no, that's not how we operate. Checks are cut every Friday. Um, sometimes I can help somebody with an advance, but communicating what to expect, I think is important too. Yeah. Just saying, Hey, if it's every week, if it's every month, it's every two weeks, letting your subs know this is the schedule. Here's when we make a concession yeah. and make sure you got the cash to cover it. Right. Um, and make and really when those client situations, I shouldn't have had a situation when somebody owed me $70,000. Work should have stopped. I shouldn't have been owing somebody. So that means a lesson to me. Right. You know, if I'm in a spot where I'm not able to pay a bill because somebody's not paying me. Exactly. How'd that's you my there? problem. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I think it's where, yeah, you always got to stand the up and up. And that's part of, you know, what we're trying to do with Congenius even is just helping people stay on top of their books. How, how do you bid smart? How do you propose smart? How do you make yep. sure that, you know, you're dealing with the facts of the situation of your business? How do you cover for mistakes? Yeah. You know, the, inevitably you need to bid with enough margin where you can, one mistake's not putting you out of business. Yeah. Yeah. Inevitably they will happen. They will happen. Yeah. They will happen. I've yet to achieve perfection. I don't know if you've gotten there yet, but no, I still, long ways off. I still mess yeah. up. Right. <laughs> um, Cool. So let's talk about this. What if, uh, you know, um, 
for the the subcontractors who are listening, we kind of, you know, your feedback would be great. If you're someone who's listening to this right now, whether it's on, you know, uh, YouTube or podcasts, any comments on what do you expect? You know, what are things that you expect from your contractor? What are, you know, we talked about getting paid. We talked about relationship. We talked about clear communication, expectations, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just being nice, you know, yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. It goes a long way. Yeah. 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 Uh, prompt communication, uh, from a subcontractor, what are, you know, I wonder if there's things that that you would like to see more from your general contractor, like leave us a comment, leave us a note. Yeah, uh, be great. Be interesting yeah. uh, to get additional yeah. feedback. One thing I thought was really impactful to subcontractors when I made the time, you know, we're coming up on Thanksgiving, you know, it, just to be able to send them a note. This is how much I appreciate what you've done. And we couldn't achieve what we have without you and, and and not in an artificial monetary way, but like these projects to point to and point things that we're grateful for. Yeah. Uh, and, and not just once a year, but yeah. throughout the year as we're working on things, as we can call out moments like that, you know, these guys work really hard. Yeah. And if I'm a GC and I'm employing a lot of guys, your success is, I need you. Yeah. Yeah. We don't get things done without it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the larger you get, yeah. the more deep those relationships go, uh, losing one can cost you big time. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, people want to work for somebody like, you know. Uh, likability matters. You know, I don't yeah. want to work for someone I don't enjoy working with. Yeah, know, absolutely. Or appreciated by. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. That's great stuff. And, and any general contractors out there, I mean, we'd love the feedback there. What have you found that works with your subcontractors? Yeah. What are the hacks? I mean, what are the yeah. tips here as well? So we can, we can all level up together here. Yeah, totally. Ways you're keeping great subcontractors around. Yeah. You know, especially maybe higher, highly competitive markets. What are ways you're, you're building loyalty with your guys? So Cool. All right. That's a wrap this episode on how to build a reliable team of subcontractors. So thanks for tuning into the contractor commute. We will catch you guys next time.